Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to the Utah Puck Report. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, and we're still uh, we're still just doing it from our front room. There's my front door. Uh, that's where my cat sits on that chair over there. So now you got the that's behind the scenes of the Utah Puck Report. Uh, Gary can't be with us today. His kids are in tryouts. Uh, we're recording this on, on Saturday afternoon, and uh, as you know, uh, youth hockey. He's got a U10 trying out for hockey today, and uh, youth hockey's just starting to get get tryouts, which is usually. Uh, you know, we're usually well past that by now. On the show today, uh, we've got a couple of friends. Uh, Ryan Tall, who's been on the show before. Ryan, a former equipment manager for the Utah Grizzlies, current equipment manager for the San Diego Goals in the American Hockey League. Ryan, how are you? Good. Thanks for uh, having us on, Jay. It's, it's good to have you back. Sick mustache. I appreciate the, uh, appreciate the effort. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about it, but we're letting it ride. Uh, you know what? It really fits you. There are a lot of guys that it doesn't fit. And like, I, like we were talking before the show, I, I had just let mine go. And it was just long. It was in my mouth when I was eating. And uh, it was pointed out that it, not only was it gross, but it was also out of policy for the fire department. So <laughs> I had to rein it in a little bit. Hey, that's uh, all right. Dial it in. So I wish I was all official like uh, Jocko on his podcast. to be like, uh, if you didn't hear Ryan's, Ryan's uh, podcast before, tune into episode uh, 36, but I have no idea. We don't number ours. We just name them. So if you want to hear Ryan's episode. Yeah, just, it was a few months ago. Yeah, just look it up under Ryan. Um, and I want to talk to you about a lot of stuff, but I want to also introduce Riggs Zeidler. Riggs, longtime friend of mine, uh, a kid I had the opportunity to coach. Uh, I, I got lucky because I had just a batch of awesome kids to coach, and Riggs was definitely in that group. And, uh, you know, Riggs, how are you? Thanks for you. Good. How are you? And uh, thanks for having us again. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to have you on. We we have some stuff to talk to you about, and you guys are uh, you're putting together hungry for hockey. Is that what it's called? Yep, that's yep. it. Hungry for okay. hockey. I, I thought that's what it's called, but then once I turn on the microphone and I stop looking at all the stuff I had written down, you know, I just start making stuff. It up. happens. It happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Riggsy, are you still playing hockey at all? Uh, just here and there. I've actually been coaching, learn to play for last couple of weeks in Davis County. So that's about all the hockey I get time for now, but I'll play pickup every once in a while, men's league. Yeah. We got to get you on a team, man. You're a lot of fun to have on a team and a lot of, a lot of fun to have in the locker room. Absolutely. I'd love to play. Uh, Ryan, I want to talk to you about, uh, 
the end of the season in the AHL. And, and we had uh, Kanasiewicz on here, and we talked about how it ended for the Utah Grizzlies and how, you know, just one day you're in the locker room and you're preparing yeah. for a game and then it's abruptly over. You, I mean, you had suspicions, but how did it go for you guys in San Diego? Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. So we were actually on the road in Tucson, um, and we were in the middle of a game when the, the NBA thing came out with uh, Rudy Gobert and, and all of that. Um, so it was kind of like, all right, the NBA is getting shut down. What's going to happen across the board? A lot of, you know, who knows, right? And we finished the game, and the next morning it was, it was shut down. Email out, everything was out. Or press release that you know what no no practices no games until further notice kind of on a holding pattern until they figured everything out and as uh time's gone on um it's still on a on a holding pattern they actually just released uh that the american hockey league won't start earlier than december 4th so that's yes. kind of what they're shooting for now and I saw that with, the fluid, so, with how fluid the situation is what does that do for a guy like you that i mean some of these players, now, like the East Coast League, those guys don't make enough money anyway, and they have summer jobs. And, you know, but guys in your league, usually this is what they do for a living, and this right. is the only thing they do for a living. And right. for the most part, your staff is there year-round. You don't get to come home during the whole summer. They expect yeah. you to be, you know, you're, you're a full-time employee there. But now right. there's, there's, no there's camps usually and stuff yeah. like that too, but. So what, going on. what does this do for you right now? Is your is your employment on furlough? Uh, we are not currently. We're we're very very fortunate. Um, they treat us beyond beyond well. Um, the Ducks organization does because that's that's who owns the the San Diego Goals. Um, it's the Samueli family, and they are they are the the greatest. Um, so we're doing the best that we can to stay busy. You know, you still you have to prepare like you're going to play, and and hopefully it is sooner than later. So there's still things that you can, you can do to get ready and, and be ready to go. Once, once they do say, Hey, training camps are opening up, whether that's going to be small groups or whether that's going to be a full team training camp or what they're going to decide. We, we've got to be ready for any kind of scenario that's going to come our way. So right now it's still kind of, you know, might be December, it might be January, but camps obviously are going to have to open before that. So it's, it's all preparing for, multiple different scenarios right now yeah and i i can't even imagine uh the logistics one of my like, i get made fun of all the time because i have multiple jobs but one of my other jobs besides being a firefighter and besides uh working for ksl is i also uh run movie sets like i supply emts and paramedics for movies that are filmed in utah and i also uh now i have to supply covid compliance officers and the wow. logistics behind that, like just trying to keep actors quarantined and away from different staff and having to set up their rooms and, and you know, the set and where they're going to eat their right. dinners and where they're going to have snacks. And then I think about, man, how are you going to have 22 guys, 30 guys exactly. try out for a team? How are you going to keep them six feet apart or 10 feet apart? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's, it's just going to be crazy. The yeah, I, I can see it being like a – yeah, exactly. I, I could see it being like a small group scenario, you know, maybe 10 guys go on the ice at this time. Those guys get in and out. Another set of guys. I, I don't know, but I could see maybe starting with something like that. Yeah, oh, it's going to be crazy. 
do you are do you keep an, an eye on what's going on around here as far as Utah players in the AHL? Like, um, yeah, they're with Daniel Brickley, obviously, um, he, he had some games with Ontario, which is San Diego and Ontario. We play each other, you know, uh, more than just a handful of times throughout the year since we're so close. Um, right. But yeah, I, I try and keep a keep a watch on everybody now that, now that we've got some guys in the league. And yeah, you got to know what's coming. That's, that's what I was going to ask. And so with Daniel, it was weird because, you know, he started the season and then had a horrible um, uh, a blood pathogen. And almost yeah, like ter- super unfortunate. Yeah, and missed yeah. almost the entire season, and then at the end of the season gets traded. So yeah. just uh, or not traded, loaned. I oh, gotta be yeah. careful what I say. It, it looked like a trade, <laughs> but it was after the trade deadline, so it looked like some. I don't know. Call it yeah. what it is. It's like a back alley deal or whatever. Because that, that was a trade, but I don't know. I don't know who owns his rights, and I've been in the locker room with him. He's been on some of those drop-ins that I've been lucky enough to play in since COVID, and. Yeah, he's kind of wondering what his future is too. But what I was going to ask you is now you have another Utah player in Ontario. I, I, you saw Nick Halloran sign a, sign a deal with the Kings and with Ontario? I, yeah, I did. I saw that. That's, yeah, so that's, that's great. I, I, don't know, uh, I don't know Nick um, personally, but it's, it's always good to see uh, Utah players advancing to those higher levels. Yeah, uh, so it's, it's great too. And he's a, he's a great kid. Uh, another kid I had an opportunity to coach and uh, just – Great family, and I'm really excited to see how well he does. And I know that, I mean, he had, he was in the Hobie Baker running two years in a row and had some really good seasons. Had a hip injury, and had he not had that hip injury in the middle of his junior season, I think we'd be hearing a lot more about him, and that contract would be a two-way. And he, I imagine he's – I don't know how it's going to go now, honestly, because of COVID, I don't yeah. know. But I would have imagined he started the season in camp with the Kings and then got reassigned to Ontario. But now with yeah. – who knows? But yeah. I expect yeah. I expect we see him get a shot because that kid can score goals, and he's he's yep. seen him do it at every level. That, that's what we all hope to see. And uh, you still have some of our former Utah Grizzlies there in uh, there in San Diego. Oh, we we had Kevin Boyle. I don't know yeah. if that that name is. That's been a few years um, since he's been with the Grizzlies. But yep, goaltender Kevin Boyle was uh, was with us this year, and he's he's awesome. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that the affiliation's different, um, not too many, not too many Grizz guys around. Right, I knew, so I knew Farragher was trying to stick stick there, and I, I knew Frank would. But uh, it's always fun to like we like to keep track of the the guys, and maybe I should have looked and seen who was there. But it's just such a weird season. It um, is the, with it with it ending like that. It's it was the it was the weirdest thing. I'm Dave Colley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.
Yeah, I just watched the first NHL playoff game this morning, right before we did this interview. And uh, it just feels like it's a different season. It feels like everything that happens in so long, you know, because guys are healed and uh, it's just weird. Uh, All right. So let's talk about what you guys have going on. This is pretty cool. Um, First off, so you have Hungry for Hockey. Correct. Tell me about how this how this came about and what it is and how we can help. So it's a, it's a barbecue charity event um, that we created. It, it kind of came as just a funny idea a few years back, like me, Riggs, and, and our other friends. We all just love hanging out and having barbecues. And, you know, when I'm home in the summer for a short amount of time, we, we all try and spend as much time together as we can. And we figured, hey, like, if we're going to have a big barbecue and have fun with it, we might as well have some positive outcome from it other than just hanging out. So why don't we try and turn it into a charity event where uh, we can raise some money and give back to local youth hockey. So Riggs, tell, tell us about your involvement in this and, uh, and what you guys have done so far this season to, or this summer to get it going. So like we've talked about already in the show, uh, COVID's kind of an interesting deal. Um, Ryan and I actually grew up together. I mean, we've met, I think I was eight. Ryan's a year older than me. Uh, so we've been doing hockey this whole time together. That's our friendship is hockey. Um, since we stopped playing, I kind of grew a little bit outside of hockey. And it's, I mean, he's one of my best friends. So that's kind of where the hungry for hockey started. We love hockey. That's how we got to know each other and met a ton of other people. Um COVID has made it a little difficult compared to last year because with the social distancing and stuff like that. But I think we've got this event planned out to be uh, pretty good for what the circumstances have given us. Um, but no, I'm, we're excited for it. Uh, we've got good food coming. Uh, good so who's your, who's your food supply by? Uh Joe's, what's his Sammy, what's Sammy Joe's Smoke Shack. Sammy Joe's, yep, that's it. Oh, that sounds so amazing. Sammy truck, Joe's Smoke yeah. Shack. And he's been great to work with us. We're excited to have him. He'll be, it'll be awesome. We're excited for that. All right, cool. So how, how does this work? Where is it at and when is it? So it's August it's, uh, 8th. August 8th at 6 p.m. in Bountiful City Park, right next to the South Davis Rec Center. Okay. Yep, August 8th. Yep, yep. So August 8th, 6 p.m., food truck. Uh, we have great raffle prizes. Um, so there's going to be a raffle with, you know, some signed pucks and stuff, some sticks. And then, you know, obviously we've got some hockey stuff in there. But as well, there's there's some, some – we've got a fly fishing basket donated. And we've got a, we've got a decent amount of donations that will be on, uh, on for raffle as well. Okay. And, and what does this money go to? It all, it all goes to underprivileged kids like, uh, that, that normally couldn't afford hockey. So anybody that's financially struggling to come up with the cost to play hockey because we all know how, how expensive it is. And Riggs and I have both been very fortunate to play from a young age all the way. Families can't afford the high costs of it. It's, it's probably one of the most expensive sports to play. So... 100% of our donations go to uh, the, the, the families that need financial help to put their kids on the ice. Yeah. I mean, 
hockey is ridiculous. It gets more and more expensive every year. It blows my mind that what started as a farmer sport in Canada where all the farmer's <laughs> kids could just play is now, I mean, I just bought some sticks. In fact, they're right over there. I just got some there sticks go. over there. Ace. And, uh, you know, you're looking 250 a stick. You're looking three grand for a season just to just to yeah. be on the ice and, and get practices yeah. and have games. And it's it just starts getting a little crazy. So it's it's amazing that, that guys like you get together and, and uh, create opportunities for other people to play the game. It's, my favorite thing is to share the game and to yep. get people on the ice. And I, I've been fortunate. I, I talk firefighters into trying it for the first time in their life. And they go out and they try it. They love it. And then they end up in men's leagues. And <laughs> playing. So I feel like, you know, that's a pretty cool opportunity for me to, to grow the game. And it's, it's cool that you guys yeah. found this way for you guys to grow the game as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. You guys have a website? You have a Facebook page? How can I help promote this? Yep, we do we're, have a Facebook uh, page. Yep, we're on uh, we're on Facebook. Hungry for hockey. We've we posted a few uh, flyers and different information um, for this year's event, and we'll we'll continue to update that through the next week. Um, and and we also have a, a Venmo account because there are people that aren't going to be able to make it, or um, due to the COVID, that's you know there's there's people that are going to be staying inside as well. So we do have a Venmo account if anyone is uh, open to donating on that as well or whether you're out of state or whatever the situation may be. Okay. And that's all, all that information is available on your, and I'll link through, I'll put your, your Facebook page on there and, and your Venmo information when we post this. And then also what if, if you're a player and you are looking for some help paying your tuition, how do they, how do they get a hold of you? Same way? You know, I would, uh, I would talk to whoever the organizer is for, for that organization. Um, we're, we're kind of behind the scenes guys. Um, as far as that goes, we don't, we, we personally don't need the recognition or, or any of that. We just, we just want to do our part and help. And I, and I, I don't know, you know, who, who is financially struggling as I'm not, I'm not in the organization all year, but, um, if there is someone that, that is looking for some type of a scholarship, it would be, I would say, talk to the, uh, their program's director or um, okay. somebody within the program. All right, cool. Yep. Very cool. Well, uh, you guys, I just, I just wanted to get this podcast out and let people know that this was going on. And uh, yeah. as, as we're slowly getting back into hockey, uh, one of the things I've noticed and one of the things, one of the itches you guys are scratching with this event is it was, it was crazy to go into the locker room and sit down with guys that, you used to see three or four times a week, and then all of a sudden you didn't see or talk to them for four months. And just that camaraderie of hanging out and then going out in the parking lot and enjoying a soda or whatever, and and still talking after a game, right? And so it sounds like this Hungry for Hockey is going to be a perfect opportunity to, of course, I have to say stuff like we're going to practice social distancing, but and I know that smokehouse. I've been there with uh, with Mike McDonald once before. I know that their their food's amazing, and we yeah. all love, we all love good barbecue. So exactly. This sounds Absolutely. like an awesome event, and I you know hopefully anybody listening to this or watching this podcast joins us and comes out and has some barbecue, and uh, I'll be there. Awesome! Perfect. Yeah, come out for some barbecue, great prizes, and just the camaraderie of hanging out and trying to catch up and be together in, in some different times that we have going on in the world. That's, that's one of our goals is just having fun, being together, and, and it's all for a good cause too, something that means a lot to us. Awesome. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much for your time. Riggsy, it's good talking to you, buddy. Yeah, you too.
We'll see you on the ice soon. Yeah, Ryan, yeah, absolutely. Good as always. I got my. I wear my uh, San Diego shirt to the to the gym every but you know every once in a while. I don't think anybody has any idea what, how cool that shirt is or <laughs> what it even means because I go to a gym where there's not very many hockey players. But <laughs> hey, we we love it. Here. We appreciate it. So I can't wait to see the beginning of the season. I can't wait to see how uh, how our, our two Utah guys fare against San Diego. And oh, good yeah. Luck to, good luck to both of you guys. We'll see you this weekend at Hungry for Hockey. Yep, Thank we'll you, see you all this weekend. Thank all you, right. Jay. And that is the Utah Puck Report.